Hey, what's up? This is Adam Agee, and you're listening to the Overflow Beyond the Music podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Overflow Beyond the Music podcast. I'm your host, Josh McCabe. Thank you so much for listening in and joining me here. I am getting over, or I'm not sure if I'm beginning again, a little bit of, you know, the December sort of winter cold cough type thing. So feeling a little under the weather, but I wanted to make sure that we could deliver you guys an episode for the Christmas holiday so you have something to listen to in between turkey and family gatherings or whatever your your tradition may be in your house. I'm so excited about 2019. 2019 is going to be an incredible year, not only for the podcast, but for a bunch of other things that I've been working on. I'm really excited about it, and we're starting to line up some guests for 2019 that I know are going to be awesome, as well as some really cool episodes. We're going to look into some different eras in Christian music, and maybe it's a little historical. Maybe it's going to reveal some things you didn't know. Maybe we can find out where some of your favorite artists are today that you may have listened to in years past. Um, I'm I'm really excited about some of those episodes and we've begun sort of working on those storyboarding them and, and reaching out to some of the guests that we want to have and and trust me you're going to want to stick with this podcast because there's some great stuff coming one of the best ways to stay in touch with us is to follow us on instagram we are going to be pretty active there on instagram you're going to want to look for at the overflow btm that's at the overflow btm M, that is standing for Beyond the Music. So name of the podcast, name of the Instagram, that's exactly where you'll find us. And uh, hey, I was thinking the other day, and I was thinking even just now as I said that, the overflow BTM, and I'm trying to pronounce the letters very clearly so you don't confuse with any other letters. And you know when you're kind of trying to say some letters to somebody over the phone or you're giving like, you know, your email address, like, you know, M-C-C and trying to like pronounce the letters super clearly. And a lot of people go like M as in Mary, C as in Charlie. And and you'll try and describe the letter with, with you know, a name or a word that corresponds with it. The other day I'm on the phone and I'm trying to explain the letters and they're saying S and I'm saying no, no N or M, no N, you know, trying to trying to make it clear what I'm saying. And and so then I decide I'm going to do the old A for Alpha, B for Bravo, C for Charlie kind of thing to make sure they know. And I'm sitting there going, uh, you know, M as in Mary, N as in Nancy, H as in uh, uh, hippopotamus, <laughs> W as in uh, Wurlitzer. <laughs> I'm like coming up with these stupid, stupid words to describe these letters. And it's like every time I try and do that, I feel like I almost spend more time trying to figure out what word I'm going to correspond with the letter. And it's like this mental block I have. And I don't know if anyone else has ever experienced that, but I don't know when I was just explaining the overflow btm instagram handle it reminded me of how i constantly struggle to think of normal words that start with letters and it tends to be a quite an ordeal whenever i'm on the phone with the customer service or trying to figure all that out but anyways enough of my rambling uh we got some news to talk about right now there's definitely a lot of news happening in the area of, of music, Christian music, and uh, I thought it would be super cool if we did something a little bit different uh, for this segment of the news. So let's run the music, and then we'll head on in there. The All right, well, I thought it'd be really cool for this episode on the Overflow Beyond the Music podcast for our news segment to bring in who I would probably say is the guy in the most know for the Christian music world. He runs a website called New Release Today. Would you guys welcome Kevin McNeese on the line with me here? Kevin, how are you doing? Hey, doing well. That's a nice introduction. Hey, well, I try, man. I try to make sure that I puff people up. So now you got, now you've got uh, some shoes to follow here. And now we got to deliver. You got, yeah, you got to deliver something. So tell me what's going on. What what do we got in the news right now? We got a lot of news actually. It's awards season, so uh, the Grammys are just announced, as well as our very own We Love Christian Music Awards. So that's kind of fun. We always time those to be right next to each other, and it's always fun to, it's always fun to see those. Um, 
But we've got, so Grammy Awards are out. Lauren Daigle for King and Country, Mercy Me, Torrin Wells. Those are kind of the big nominees. And then you always get gospel, a lot of gospel nominees with the Grammys. And so yep. uh, you have Jonathan McReynolds in there. Corin Hawthorne is making a lot of news. And then Tori Kelly uh, wow. got nominated. And, of course, she did her EP. She's a big news, kind of reverse crossover uh, with, with Kurt Franklin. So it's cool. It's always cool to see the Grammys. Um recognize now we just got to get we got to get them to televise the awards so yes yes that is very true we need our christian artists getting some love but you guys do a good job of making sure uh fans can be involved in the we love christian music awards so tell me a little bit about that yeah we have a lot of fun we're doing our seventh year now which is crazy to me but uh, we nominated 68 artists and 23 different categories and we just really try to open it up to the entire industry. So we have a lot of independent artists. A good third of our nominees are independent, which really makes us different from a lot of the other awards in our in our uh, circle. And we also open it up to the fans. And so fans can go in and vote, and they can actually put a write-in for Song of the Year, which is a lot of fun. It can be any song of the year to see what song impacted the community the most. So that'll be cool to see. I love it. Keeping it neutral, keeping it for the fans. That's good stuff. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Is there any uh, any artist in particular you have a feeling is going to clean up this year at the awards? Well, for King and Country has had a big year, and so they've got five nominees, or, or yeah, they've got five nominations in a wow. whole bunch of different categories, and their fans have always treated them well in the We Love Awards, and so I think they'll they'll probably be showing up in droves again this year, but they're the ones good. to beat. I love it. I love it. So tell me what else is going on. We've got, have you seen the Newsboys United show? I have not seen the show, oh uh, but it. I can only imagine it's probably pretty epic. It is so good. And I went into it uh, not really, I didn't know what to expect. But when Peter when Peter walked out and started singing all the hits, it, was, it took me right back. And it was just an amazing experience. And to see Tate and Peter and Phil Joel up there all performing with the other guys, it was a great show. They did 39 songs wow. um, on that tour. So now they're, they're continuing. They're going to be on Winter Jam. They're headlining Winter Jam next year. They've got a Newsboys United album that's coming that all six guys have recorded. And they just announced that they will be touring with Michael W. Smith. Uh, for the Surrounded and United tour. So that's two of... M- Michael's been coming out of the woodworks. He, like, woke yeah. up out of retirement or something. <laughs> he's Man, everywhere. that's... He's everywhere. That is awesome. And uh, I wonder if Newsboys United will, will stick together for, like, a God's Not Dead 10 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, it's kind of it's kind of paying the bills, so why not? <laughs> <laughs> no, I love those guys. That's it, awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's great. So the Newsboys United... Michael W. Smith tour that I'm hearing that right. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be out. It's a smaller tour, so they're only gonna be out for about uh, ten to twelve dates, and that's gonna happen after the Newsboys United headline Winter Jam. So they're they're keeping it going. Well, I think Michael W. Smith has earned enough from his labor over the years to just tour a little bit more sparingly, don't you think? I do, but he's still he's he is not slowing down. In fact, he's picking up momentum. He. He's been all over the place. He was uh, performed at um, Bush's memorial service uh, recently, and he um, did like three albums and two children's books last year. Uh, there's rumors that more music is coming and more stuff is coming next year as well. And uh, in my opinion, he's at the top of his game still, and he's just so great to see live, especially in the worship setting. So it'll be really cool. Well, I got to tell you this, my my band Caves, my our first ever concert that we yeah. started and named the band Caves, we opened up for Michael W. Smith. Oh, really? And it was a Franklin Graham event, and uh, wow. he was incredible. And I loved it because he got a bunch of people from the local city and put together a massive choir. Mm-hmm. And there was about 200 voices from different churches in the city. So mm-hmm. that was awesome. And uh, 
man, Michael W. Smith live. He just he just needs needs a piano and his hits, and and it's great. It's an amazing composer, a very underrated composer. I think people don't realize what a great musician he is. Absolutely. Yeah. So you got anything else for me? Anything else that's standing out? Well, I thought we'd talk about new releases real quick. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot coming in just, uh, the rest of the month here, and then heading into 2019. Even though it's still a little bit lighter, it's got some big names. Uh, the biggest one is Switchfoot, coming yes. January 18. Uh, they awoke from a year-long sabbatical, and um, we're all happy to know that they were working during their sabbatical. <laughs> well, you know what? I love, I love it because I give them respect for not doing you know, the farewell thing mm-hmm. and, then, and then coming back a year later. I, I give them a lot of respect for just saying, hey, we're just taking a little bit of a break, yeah. and that's good. Yeah. Yeah, John Foreman has a lot of uh, music coming. He's he's been writing this whole time. So, um, Native Tongue comes out January 18. Cool. What else we got? Bethel Music has a new record coming February 25th, or excuse me, January 25th, as well as Stephen Malcolm. He's had two EPs leading up to this uh, second CD, second uh, city album. And so those are the big releases in January with a whole bunch of other releases sprinkled in. So it'll be a fun start to the year. And the Bethel Music album, and I'm not sure I'm allowed to say this, but I'm going to say it anyways. I, I hear there's some different music elements in it. My sister works on the team over there. Yeah. And uh, and so she comes home in a couple days, and, and uh, apparently I get to have a little listen. So I'm looking forward to that. Look at you. <laughs> I know. I got, I got the... I got the hookups with the news. I got the hookups with the early releases. It's go. uh, God, God has well favored my life, I guess. Start a podcast <laughs> and doors just start opening. <laughs> Apparently, right? All I, I mean, I just basically said, hey, I'm just going to open up my mouth and ask some friends to come on and we'll just sit and chat for a bit and see what happens. There you go. Well, thanks, uh, thanks for welcoming into your circle. Well, Kevin, where can people go find all the Christian music news I could ever possibly ask for. There is more than you could ever possibly ask for at newreleasetoday.com slash news. We got it all there. Well, thank you for joining us. We'll bring you in again another time. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, absolutely. Talk soon. Yeah, huge thanks to my buddy Kevin McNeese over at uh, New Release Today for joining me on there. But I got somebody else that's ready to join me. And I got to tell you, when we started this podcast and we wanted to go beyond the music, I I figured that one of the best ways that we're going to do that is to involve some people that I know have some great stories and that I know uh, have been on a journey and that I believe in their journey and I believe in where they're going and I believe in what they're doing. And, you know, really, I just wanted it to feel like sitting around with friends and and that's essentially what I'm doing here is sitting around with some of my friends and people I've toured with or people I've gotten to know over the years and that's what this has been really all about just me hanging out with some friends having some conversations and hoping that you can get a little window into their life and their journey and understand them better as an artist and and beyond that maybe you can find yourself in some of their stories and so uh, we got an incredible guest today and I'm really excited to bring him in here so let's head on into our interview today here I am with Adam Ag of Stellar Cart and now solo artist. So here I am, it's 3 a.m. I don't know where to begin. Time's running out, and there's no doubt that I feel like going in. The town with no way I can get this start finished. I try and try and wonder why the. All right, so here I am uh, chatting with a good buddy of mine that I've known for several years now. I'm on the phone with Mr. Adam Ag, and you may know uh, his name because he's coming up. Well, he's been on a lot of tours lately, and uh, the touring is something that's definitely not new for him. He was a uh, founding member and lead singer and frontman of the band Stellar Cart, and uh, beyond that, uh, joined Audio Adrenaline, stepping in for Mark Stewart and... Uh, Kevin Max and taking over that project but now he is pursuing solo career stuff and he is touring a ton right now and we are catching up with him on a rare day off for this guy so how's it going Adam? Good man how are you? I'm doing all right man I'm guess that the weather down there in Nashville is a little bit nicer than it is up here in Canada right now. Oh no doubt it's uh but it's probably still it was in the 20s this morning so that's cold for Nashville. Yeah, man, that's uh, that is pretty cold. So there's no snow on the ground, though. No, but uh, we we just had to cancel a show in uh, Virginia. We were supposed to play in Virginia on Sunday, but they man they got like 18 inches of snow, and so we had to drive back through all the the crazy snowstorm and everything. 
Well, here's what I find funny about snow, especially in the south and in Nashville in particular, is that the whole city shuts down when like one inch of snow comes. Yeah. <laughs> it's snow hilarious because like I was I remember being down there a couple years ago and uh, I was supposed to write with like some pretty dream writers that I could not believe where I got connected with. And sure enough, a snowstorm hits and there's like two inches of snow and I'm driving out going like this is like daily for us back home. But everything got canceled. And actually, <laughs> funny enough, I think you were the only guy that didn't cancel on me and we ended up writing a song uh, in one of the offices there. Yeah, I'm not I'm not scared of a little snow. But that that's surprising to me because you are not from a snow climate. You uh, are from Arizona. So d- did you grow up in Arizona? Yeah, yeah, we, I grew up in the heat, um, but, you know, touring all over the country, it, it kind of acclimates you, and driving a tour bus, if you can drive a tour bus through the snow, you can drive anything through the snow. That, oh, that's that's definitely true. I don't know, like, I don't know how some of the drivers do, especially in the mountains. It's one of those things when you're on a bus, you're like, you know what, I, I just rather not know. I'd rather just go to bed and <laughs> pray I wake up, you know? Yeah. So growing up in Arizona, uh, when was sort of your introduction to music? When, when did you first pick up a guitar, and when did you first realize that you had a voice and, and wanted to use it? Well, I was, a, I was a sports kid growing up, and so I played a lot of sports and uh, didn't really— I, I guess my mom played piano in church uh, when, when she was younger, and uh, my dad was a pastor, and so she played the piano for the music. Uh, but I didn't really— I didn't really gravitate towards music. I did piano lessons for a few months when I was in fifth grade uh, and then finished my recital. And I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm going to go play basketball. And then didn't really do much with music until I picked up a guitar at 19 um, and started playing in our youth group uh, band and then uh, played at played at college at Arizona State University. Uh, just in, And then that's that's right when we started Stellar Cart. How old were you when Stellar Cart started? Uh, I was 19, yeah. I just As soon as I could switch chords fast enough, <laughs> we started it, and we started playing songs and uh, started writing songs right away, too. And when when it started, was was there all four guys sort of part of it? Was it you and just one guy who kind of had a vision, and then you... Because a lot of bands, you know, like it's, it's two buddies who started out, and then, you know, maybe back in the old school days, you start putting up flyers looking for a drummer or putting the word out to different youth groups or churches, and... I mean, now nowadays you just throw it on Facebook, but right. Um, how how did the band kind of all come together? Yeah, it was uh, me and Jordan. Jordan played drums, and we lived down the street from each other and went to the same church. And his dad showed me a few chords on guitar, and he just he was the one that wanted me to play guitar so that we could have a band. And so we uh, we started playing and and just did the we did the youth group thing by ourselves, just me on guitar and him on drums for a while, and then. Um, one of his buddies from Yuma, a couple hours away, would drive in on Wednesdays and play bass for us. And then uh, he he knew Cody from school. They went to high school together, and so uh, he we needed a guitar player, and so he joined the band, and and we were off to the races. What was it about uh, Jordan? Like, other than just living down the street from him, what was it about Jordan that that you guys kind of connected on? Because he. Uh, he seemed to be in the in the life of Stellar Cart, uh, probably one of the more more steady guys to sort of walk that journey with you. Oh, he was definitely one of the driving forces creatively, um, and he his passion for that style of music, the the punk rock stuff was was massive. Like he loved it. I I like all kinds of music. I love I love the punk stuff for sure. Uh, but I, I I have a pretty eclectic taste in music, and he was just just down the line loved every single pop punk band there was out there, and the whole style and the culture. And he did all of our merch designs and everything. And so, I mean, he he drove he drove a lot of the creative part. Um, and then you know, in the songwriting process, it was early on. It was it was me and him. Uh, we wrote a lot of the songs together. I, I feel like Jordan is probably one of those guys, though, that um, he'll be. 55 or 60 and have grandkids and something will come on the radio and he'll just be like no no let me show you some real music <laughs> and he'll put on like blink 182 or something like that from like or like one of the, one of the blink side projects like this is when drumming was great <laughs> and uh i feel like that guy's punk rock through and through but your your tastes have definitely changed over the years huh 
Yeah, I've kind of always been. I'm, I've I, I always considered myself a pop guy. Like even even writing and melodies and and everything. I was always. I mean, we would Jordan and I would fight over songs because I'd want it to be a you know a pop rock song or a pop ballad song, and he just wanted everything to be fast, you know, two hundred BPM and then raging. And so you know, every now and then we'd find that magical mix of our styles, and I think that's what made it so fun and and connected with a lot of people is because we were both just uh we when we found our compromise or whatever it was it was great and I, I i see that a lot in in a bunch of bands you got two different really strong personalities driving the creative part and when when they get along and connect then it's it's magic do you think some of the most um as you look back at the stellar cart career do you think some of the most beautiful product came out of some of the more I wouldn't say heated because you're obviously brothers and friends, but out of some of the more intense uh, disagreements, would is there a, something you can think of that came out of just an intense disagreement, but at the end you you found the compromise that, that created something great? Well, I think it's just, it's I can't think of anything specific, but I know that several times he would fight for something, you know, whether it was a design or whether it was a stage set or whatever or a set list or a cover song or something like that and i'd be like you're crazy man that's a terrible idea but then i'd be like all right we'll try it out and it would be awesome and i would be totally wrong about it but and that happened on the other side too he would he would get so pissed that we would have to write a, a radio song and i'm like we have to do this so that we can you know make sure that we have something that we can play on the radio and he'd get so mad and then we'd be able to tour for the next three or four years because we had a radio song and so it's like you know it was all that kind of stuff the back and forth of he's he's much more of an artist than i am i'm i'm much more of a now i live in both both worlds of, yeah. of the business world and and the artist world and he's just full on artist creative all the time which is which is awesome um, and one of the things I remember, because um, we got to tour together quite quite a bit over the years, and um, and actually I got a funny tour story that I'm going to bring up and see if I can get your blood boiling again. But um, <laughs> I, I remember, I feel like one of the battles Jordan seemed to have won, and this is more for our musician listeners out there, was that he hated playing to a click track. Uh-huh. He did not want to play to a click. And uh, I remember one night I had one of those um, one of those like DB30 metronomes, uh, you know, where you kind of tap in the tempo and it gives you like your, your click machine or whatever. And um, I used it when I was playing drums there because uh, there was like a couple songs we just played it just straight click. And um, I remember sitting side stage for like three or four nights in a row and tapping tempo to see how vastly different each night was for <laughs> the song. And I mean, to Jordan's credit, though, most of the time it was pretty close. Yeah. Like it wasn't it wasn't, you know, double time. But um that was a. I remember just that kind of funny thing. He's like, "I'm not playing a click," and he just wanted to go fast. And you know, you're just like, "All right, whatever." I'll tell you what. He was he was fantastic. We did we played the Dove Awards and didn't play to a click at the really? Dove Awards. And and he just I mean he crushed it. But it, it would be like you know nine times out of ten it's fine. And then there would be one show out of a run where he would I don't know if he drank an energy drink or something before and, and he would just go nuts and just leave us all behind and i would i would get off stage and i would just yell at him i'd be like what are you doing you're just you're killing us out there and he's like man it's fun and i'm like no it's it's been that we just have these fights it was awesome hey this is james mead from cutlass and uh we toured with stellar cart like a whole bunch What was great about touring with Stellar Cart was just um, the the easygoing camaraderie we had the between the two our two bands. Um, you know, we were kind of like instant friends. Really, we were introduced by our management team who had just signed them on as a new artist. And um, I remember the very first night they met us, they actually came to one of our shows. It was like a, a tour date. And while we were on stage, they, like, trashed our dressing room. <laughs> like, moved our suitcases all around and threw everything everywhere. And, like, they thought it would be really funny to just kind of start off our friendship by, like, messing with us. And um, that really sort of defined our friendship from that point forward. We were, like, always goofing with each other and... Um, 
became friends really quickly and really easily. Um, it was just, uh, it was always fun. We had, we had fun. We knew what our strengths were together, uh, as a tour package and we just, we knew how to have fun. Is there a, a time sort of in that career, maybe just when you were busy, uh, or even at any, any sort of stage of your musical journey where it stopped becoming fun because you were tired or just not enjoying what you were doing? I think it's tough for any band um, whenever you can't really support your family or uh, be as creative or you know any of that as you want to be because you can't make enough money doing it and that's that's kind of what happened with us we with uh when the economy shut down like 2008 or whatever like that the uh a lot of the radio stations either went out of business or got bought up by the bigger stations and a lot of promoters didn't have the money to do shows anymore and you know gas prices are insane and our bus was breaking down and it's just all, you know, everything kind of hit at once. And so we just, we weren't able to sustain what we were doing financially. And I think when there's a financial strain like that, it really is, is tough. And that, and it takes some of the fun out of it because you're trying to do things to survive versus just being creative and trying to make great art. And I, I think that's a, a tough thing that every band has to deal with it at a certain level some some deal with it their entire career and uh some can't get over the hump and then and, and some you know deal with it early on and then you know become become fine but uh i think it's something that everybody deals with and we certainly dealt with it and and you know when i'm having to advance the shows and book the shows and drive the bus and and order everything and fix the bus and fix amps and it just it, it did it became a lot of work was there you know a time you can think of that maybe uh, you had sort of compromised what your vision was or creatively or business-wise to try and stay alive and you go, man, I wish I didn't do that because that, that wasn't what I really wanted to do. I'm careful about going back and, you know, oh, if we would have only done this or if we would have done that or whatever, right. you know, I, I, I tried to tried to make all the decisions to the, you know, to, to be the best that we could be and, and to do whatever we could do and, and, um, you know, I tried to, tried to use the people around me in, in the business, whether it was producers or label people or management, and you really have no choice, but to trust the people around you, whoever's around you at the moment and try to try to make the best decision once you've got three or four or five opinions on it. And so I, I feel like we did that and we had some, we had some hits and we had some misses and, and things that, yeah, I mean, obviously it would have tried to do some things differently if if I had known what the results would have been but at the time I feel like you know we always made the decision that we thought was best and and ran with it Adam was and is really I mean he's he's the same guy on stage and off stage he's genuine he's uh caring he's he's gifted for sure um but he is a real like um stable person <laughs> like that's one of the the coolest things about um gaining all these friendships over the years is is when you can tell that a person is like real and genuine and you see um behind the curtain so to speak you see what they're like with their wife or their kids and um you know that was that was always something I really appreciated about Adam. Um, Sharon is like his best friend, and he's such a great dad, leads his kids well, shows them who Christ is in his life and um, what that means to share Christ with the world. Um, so I think that that is kind of what always stuck out to me about uh, my friendship with Adam is I just really appreciated how he was the same person on and off stage. And like, cause you guys were, I mean, in Stellar Cart, and we'll we'll move on from Stellar Cart in a minute. But I wanted just to kind of ask this because you guys were trailblazers at the time. I mean, like this was maybe back in a day when Christian radio still allowed overdrive guitars. But <laughs> you guys 
were a little bit rebellious. You guys were rock and roll. You guys would have a lot of fun. Um, was there ever any sort of backlash to that or people trying to, you know, make you a little bit more safe? Oh, yeah, all the time. I mean, I, I, I always thought it was funny how uh, people were scared of the of the word punk, right. um, even though it was just a style of music. I think I think nowadays it's a, things are a lot different because you can look up what things mean and you can look up history of things and people are a little bit you know they they have a little bit more of a of a worldview now than than they did back in the day but we did a tour called punk the halls just because and i wrote a song called punk the halls and it's it's fun it's great and it's hilarious and it is in no way uh anti-government or anti-establishment or any of that (laughs) anti-anything it's not anti-anything it's just fun and uh i mean we had people that wouldn't book us because it was a the tour said punk the halls we had people changed the name of the tour on their flyers to hang in their church because they didn't want the word punk in their church you know so it's just stuff like that and i think i think there's there's a there's a thing with branding and and certain audiences and uh a lot of a lot of radio in in the christian genre is they they're you know they're safe for for your whole family and all that kind of stuff which is which is great um and it's a it's definitely a part of a, a nice a nice thing to just turn on the radio and know that you're going to hear something lyrically that's that's safe but uh i think a lot of times we would get we either wouldn't get a listen or they'd be like nah we can't play that because it's too aggressive or you know even though the lyrical content of all of our songs was 100 percent appropriate all the time yeah and uh it was just the style of the music was was pretty raging and uh you know i mean i, I know there's so many bands that have come up against that in the past, you know, bands like Striper and, uh, you know, all those, all those rock and rollers in, in the eighties and nineties and, uh, rock and rolls of the devil and all that kind of stuff. You know, even, the, even the band I'm on tour with right now, newsboys and, yeah. and those guys, it was just like, there was, there's backlash because you're, you're playing, you know, music that sounds secular, even though the message is very pure and very encouraging. Uh, so it was, it was tough coming up against some of that, um, from the from the powers that be the gatekeepers uh to the listeners if you will uh it was it was a it was a fight sometimes um when when you when stellar cart kind of shifted and and began to sort of you know i don't want to say the word shut down but it was time for a new season for all you guys you joined up and teamed up with another group of uh i guess christian music pioneers and that's audio adrenaline Tell me a little bit about about that because it, it wasn't a long season, but uh, it was uh, definitely something different and something that was a I don't want to say experiment, but uh, yeah, something that that they tried and uh, and ultimately led you to a different place. But yeah, just tell me a little bit about that journey. Yeah, the audio thing, audio a thing was really really a cool a cool deal. It was, it was amazing. It was it was frustrating. It was it was it was awesome. It was it was all kinds of things. Um, one thing like I, they they asked me they asked me to join up and and said hey you know would you like would you mind fronting the band we want to go out on tour raise some money for the the ministry and i said sure let's uh let's check it out and so the first thing we did is we went down to haiti and visited the hands and feet project where uh those guys have been working for the last 13 years and they started this uh ministry helping helping orphan and abandoned kids and trying to keep families together and just uh really had a heart for the country and the people of haiti and and that was I've, I've been on mission trips before but that was really one of the first times that i connected how powerful music is as far as changing lives and and really getting people involved in ministry and and the minister since the ministry was the primary focus of of even getting the band together so uh we went down to haiti it totally rocked my world changed my life i was like on fire let's go let's go do this thing let's go rock out for 100 shows a year and and raise millions of dollars for this thing and and keep it keep it going and uh so i was in 100 percent trying to make it as great as possible i think we made some really good music i think we did well to try to preserve some of the fun rock and roll of the past and and yet uh put put my own spin on it uh because I, i just had to be i had to be myself and i honestly i grew up listening to audio a and and yep. watching mark stewart and stealing all of his moves on stage anyway so yeah. i mean we'd, we'd go to spirit west coast and i would lose my mind at an audio drilling show it was great so it was a 
you know, it was fun. It was a, it was a dream to, to get to do something like that. Um, I think ultimately there were, there were a lot of people that were like, yeah, this is great. This is fun to carry on the band and, and to raise the money. They got it. They, they got the whole thing. And then there's a, a whole nother half of people that are like, this is stupid. There's no original members anymore. And we, it's not, it's not audio adrenaline, so don't do it anymore. And so, it, yeah, I, I get it. I get it on both sides. And, you know, it is what it is. And it was great for me. It made me a better singer, made me a better writer, made me a better performer. Right. So I had to step up my game. And ultimately, ultimately, it led me to doing what I'm doing now, which is solo stuff. I speak on behalf of kids every night on tour. I tell the stories of you know, the, the least of these, those who are uh, abandoned and need the most help. And I love getting to do it. And I, I wouldn't be in this situation had I not done the audio A thing. So I'm, I'm ultimately thankful for it. Well, you know, I'm, I'm glad to hear that side of it because, to, you know, to be honest, and I, I'm one of the guys who would sit there and go like, come on, this is not even the original lineup anymore. What is going on? And but but now that I hear that there is such a a mission and justice about raising money attached to it, I go, man, that's awesome. Yeah, that you guys were able to, even though it's not the same people, carry out the same vision, and and really see that vision not not die for the sake of these kids. And and man, that's awesome. I I, I think now I'm going to be one of those guys who comes to the other side and says, uh, let's resurrect it again. <laughs> yeah i told i told mark i'm like hey man if you ever want to do any shows or if we get a song or whatever you want to tour it i'm i'm still in 100 percent. so whatever you know whatever you want to do i'm i'm in so yeah, I'm, I'm happy to help them i sell haiti made stuff on the road um at my shows and and it's and it's great yeah that's awesome man and, and well you just mentioned that you have transitioned now to doing a lot more speaking stuff and, and sort of continuing on some of that uh, missional focus that Audio Adrenaline had carried. And tell me a little bit about what you're up to now, because you released uh, a solo project but uh, back in 2017, but it kind of feels like, um, you know, the music, I won't, don't want to say it's become secondary, but you're using your voice in a different way these days a lot. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, um now it's 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 one of those things I'm I'm older, I've got a couple of kiddos in school and it, it to go out on the road and just play music for the sake of having a career is it just yeah. I I don't it's it's not what I'm passionate about anymore. I love music, I love creating music. I want to continue to make music and and have everybody get to listen to it and love it. That's great. But there has to be there has to be more to it. I want, I've always been, I mean, from day one with Stellar Cart, we've always been about, hey, let's let's encourage people with our music, which is awesome, but then let's take it the next step and challenge people to get out and do something, live out the lyrics to these songs. And I think what I'm able to do now is play music and give people a real avenue to go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus and really do something with their lives, do something with what we've been given here. A lot of people are looking for something to do, something to give back, something to help. And I, I love getting to give, give that to them uh, through the, through the speaking side, advocating on, on behalf of the kids and, and just continue to rock out with music too. What about, about being the hands and feet of Jesus and about these kids? What was that moment for you that, that really just changed you? I think just seeing the difference um, between kids on the street in these countries, whether it's Haiti or Africa, or we just got back from Indonesia not too long ago, and just seeing the, this extreme poverty and these kids that you know, don't really have anybody looking after them. They don't have any way to education. They've got, they've really got nothing. And the the life expectancy is less than a kindergartner. And so that's, that's crazy. And seeing the difference between one of those kids and then these kids that are in these villages that have sponsored kids or programs that are taking care of them and they're healthy and they look great and they're thriving and they have a chance to just grow up and, and do whatever they want to do. And it's it's just it's totally different. It's incredible. So you're on tour with the Newsboys right now sharing about about this nightly what are some of the highlights of sharing about it and and some of the conversations you've been able to have with people uh that 
that are getting on board. How does that look each night, I guess, is what I'm saying for, for Adam Ag sharing about these opportunities? Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's incredible to get to talk about it and then to see people in action, to see people raising their hands and, and taking that step of, you know, I'm going to take care of another human life and I'm going to just, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and respond to this and I'm, I'm going to make this evening not about me, not about me just having fun, but I'm going to really live out the words of, of Jesus and, and take care of these kids. And so many stories of people who come up to me after the show and talk about, oh man, this kid that I sponsored grew up and he went to college and, and he just graduated and he became a, you know, a doctor or he's a preacher back in his village now. And I've had adults come up to me that say, Hey, I was, I was a sponsored child in Ethiopia or I was a sponsored child, uh, you know, here or there. And, and it really does work. And thank you for what you're doing. It's crazy stuff. And it's, it's just amazing to see how many lives are changed, obviously the kids, but then, uh, the families and, and people that sponsor the kids too, you can see how their lives have changed too, because of it. Yeah, so you're you're doing this on tour with the Newsboys right now, uh, but tell me what your plans are for the new year because some, something tells me you're going to be pretty busy in the new year as well. Yeah, uh, we finish up this tour here in a, a few days and then a, a little bit of time off for Christmas and then start out on Winter Jam in January. So I think it's 45 shows or something right there at the beginning of the year and going to play some music and and uh, do the same kind of thing, talking about the talking about the kiddos on Winter Jam as well. That's incredible. I feel like um, I feel like you're probably going to be a little bit sick of the Newsboys by the end of the year. <laughs> uh, maybe I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the good good news is I like those guys. We got yeah. two of them uh, back in 2007 when Peter was still with the band um, uh, with Stellar Cart, and then in, in 2015 with Audio, I got two of them with Tate. And then now doing it solo, it's pretty. It's pretty fun. I, awesome. I love all those guys, and we've had we've had a blast on the road. That's awesome. Yeah, they um, those guys bring it every night, and uh, always always positive spirits. Uh, every single conversation I've ever had with with Tate or or Duncan, I feel like is memorable, and I always walk away going, I don't even know what to think about that because they're just so energetic and yeah, so they're... full of energy, and you can't. I don't know if I've still figured. I don't think I figured them out yet. No, they are they are full on all the time and and yeah, that's exactly right. They're they're incredible. Well, man, I want to um, talk about just a kind of a few a few fun things if if that's all right because I know you're a sports guy and uh, we've we've played some golf together and it was not my finest outing. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm telling you, when I move down to Nashville, I'll be bringing the clubs and we'll we'll get out there together. But Come on. yeah, what's your what's your favorite sport to play when you're not on the road? Uh, I like to, I like to play basketball and, uh, and golf. That's pretty much what I, what I do now. Is Toby Mack as good of a golfer as he is an artist? Well, unfortunately right now he is, he is a better golfer than I am. Um, yeah, he's, he gets to play a lot more than I do. So I'm going to, I'm going to catch him here in the next couple of years. He's, he's getting a little older and I'm going to, I'm going to get him. Well, I feel like we maybe need to have like a Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Adam Ag versus Toby Mac type uh, golf special. We could definitely do that. It would be funny. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, and then you got to you're you're always playing basketball as well. And uh, tell tell me about like some of the cool experience you get to have because you're playing you get to play a lot of arenas, and there's a lot of adjacent you know gyms and stuff where you get to play basketball. Has there been any real cool spots you've gotten to play a little ball in in the afternoon? Yeah, I mean, we've gotten to play at some really cool arenas, uh, some NBA arenas and uh, some college places. Um, and, yeah, anytime we can get to play on the on the real court, that's awesome. But usually we're playing in the main arena, so the practice courts are really cool. And a lot of most of the time we ask if we can, and then sometimes we just kind of sneak in there and play. Yeah. Um, but uh, most most colleges are, are really, really great to us. And uh and even uh, yeah, a few of the NBA arenas, especially like Indianapolis, they're they're really great um, as far as taking care of us when we're when we're playing in there. I want to ask you too, because I ask everybody, what what's the favorite artist that you've gotten a tour with, and what is one and who is one artist or band that you just go, if man, I will do that tour for free. I will pay to be on <laughs> tour with them sometime. <laughs> well, there's none of those anymore. I got I got I got bills to pay and kids to feed. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I. Uh, I do love, I actually do love being on tour with the Newsboys. I mean, Tate and those guys are just a riot and it's like family now. 
uh, one guy that I'm looking forward to doing a tour with uh, would be Toby. I still haven't done a tour with him. We've done we've done shows together, but haven't done a full on tour. So I think it's probably because we might not show up to the shows because we'll just be out golfing all day and and just uh, skip it. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, maybe that's the reason so far. But yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Uh, Toby Mac, Adam Ag would be a killer tour. Although I still think it would be pretty sweet if we had like a Newsboys, Toby Mac, Adam Ag, Audio Adrenaline, <laughs> Kevin Max, like just mix everybody all in, and everyone's just like, you have no idea who's singing for who which night. <laughs> I think that you never know. You never know. That might happen. <laughs> it, knowing, knowing, knowing the Christian music fans' luck, it'll probably happen. And it'll be a cruise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> not, not that I'm poking fun or making or bugging anybody, but um, tell me, like, tour. You've been on the road, van, trailer, bus, and then flying, all everything. Do you have any crazy stories of just like chaos that has ensued on the road? Oh man, there's a thousand of them. We've, uh, I, I don't know, I don't even know which one to tell. I mean, we've we've done all kinds of crazy things. We've, we've hit deer and we've, uh, we've flooded hotel rooms. We did, we did, uh, we flooded an entire hotel one time accidentally. Um, I need to know we were, how this happened. Yeah. We were in uh, South Carolina and, uh, we were playing at a beach hotel. We were playing in the ballroom at the, on the, at the bottom of the hotel, some youth conference. And, uh, it was great. We had a killer show. It was awesome. We all go back up to our rooms on like the 10th floor. And, uh, then we, we go to bed and it's uh, me and Cody in one room and Jordan and Brian in the other room. And uh, I, I hear this running down the hallway and I, I look and it's like, it's like midnight or one in the morning, look outside and it looks like the SWAT team is coming over to Jordan's room. Oh my goodness. Like, what is going on? And so I, I texted him I'm like, what are you doing? And, and uh, he just texted and said, the, he's like, our room is flooded. And, and I said, what? And apparently what had happened was uh, Brian had, used the restroom in the hotel room mm-hmm. and um went they just went to bed and apparently the toilet just kept running and running and running because he got a call from the front desk saying hey are you guys what are you guys doing up there and he's like we're just sleeping and so then they're like okay and they called back like 20 minutes later and said hey what are you guys doing are you having a party or what's going on up there he's like we're just sleeping she said well can you please just get out and, and or just check check your bathroom or something check your room so he gets out of bed and steps in like a foot of water like oh their whole goodness. room had flooded and it had flooded from the 10th floor all the way down to like the sixth floor oh jeez, <laughs> it's like running down the walls through the light fixtures and so we uh we ran downstairs and got in the van and drove away oh man <laughs> I'm, I'm, did you get your security deposit back probably not i don't know i have no idea oh I've, man i've blocked it out of my memory but yeah that's just that's just a little little piece of all the fun that we had on the road well i'll tell you like when i my first tour ever i was 18 years old and i was i had no idea what i was doing i was like being a merch guy and you guys were like the first band that kind of was was nice to me on the road i guess Aww. i was with like i was uh doing merch this band called falling up and um and i feel like i need to do an episode a podcast episode on those guys because they were some of the most yeah. talented musicians but some of the most antisocial people you'll ever meet <laughs> and it was really tough because i didn't know these guys and uh it was like you know you and jordan who really were um you know I got to talk to and, and then later on I got to tour with you guys and was, I think we spent like a summer on a bus together, but, um, this is the story that I'm afraid to bring up because, um, you, it was like a disappointed father when you just shake your head at someone and you just know (laughs) they're ticked and you don't even want to say anything. So this is what happened. We're in San Francisco and we had an off day and, um, I don't know what happened, but, um, I think I ate some like hot wings or something and me in the bathroom, (laughs) it was, it was not good. It was like a, it was, I was having a rough time and, uh, I just lost a little bit track of time and I go outside and the bus is gone and I'm like, what, what, what happened? And I knew bus call was coming and I looked at my phone and go, Oh my goodness, I missed it by like 15 minutes. So I'm calling frantically anyone on the bus, but everyone's gone, gone to sleep including yourself and I finally get a hold of you about 25 30 minutes later you're about 35 minutes gone now uh outside San Francisco and I say Adam I'm at the hotel 
and you're just like, are you kidding me? And then the bus comes back. And like a bus is not like, I mean, that those things take a while to get off the highway, turn around, get back on the highway. Um, and when I walked back on that bus, you were just standing there and I was just like, uh, <laughs> I was afraid to talk to you for a week, man. <laughs> Cause I was, that, I, man, I was, I was young and, and, and whatever, but that, that's, awesome. that's my Adam memory. Disappointed oh, dad just shaking his head at me as I walk on the bus. McCabe, the Canadian, can't tell time, apparently. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, dude, it's been great catching up with you. I know um, Winter Jam's going to be awesome. I hope you enjoy the rest of this tour with the Newsboys. And um, before we sign off, uh, I want to I wanna close this podcast episode with uh, something that you've sang on. It can be Stellar Card, Audio A, or some of your solo stuff. Would you give us a song to uh, to close out this podcast with? Yeah, man. Uh, why don't you play my newest song, uh, Fighting For You, from the solo, the solo album. All right, well, we will do that. Well, Adam, it was great to catch up with you, man. Have a great tour. You guys can catch Adam Ag on the road right now with Newsboys. Um, although by the time this episode, well, you know, by the time this episode airs, he will be on tour with Newsboys again on Winter <laughs> Jam. So make sure you go hang out with Adam. Say hey. Tell him that you got to listen to the podcast. And this is Adam Ag fighting for you here on the Overflow Beyond the Music podcast. Yeah, huge thanks to my buddy Adam Ag for joining me today. Make sure you go follow him at Adam Ag. That's at A D A M A G E E. Man, I almost started to try and find some words to correspond with those letters there, but I realized that we don't have time for us to figure all that out right now. Go follow him on Instagram. Go say hey to him on Winter Jam Tour 2019. That's all we got for this episode. Let's listen to a little throwback stellar car as we close off episode four we'll see you in the new year we'll see you in 2019 with episode five coming at you fresh and i'm your host josh mccabe thank you so much for joining us on the overflow beyond the music podcast here's a little throwback stellar card as we close out the episode Yeah.